baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Okay, it's a Monday, but it will be Friday before you know it. I hope you had a nice weekend. I was at the game yesterday. Very, very disappointed. If you're on hold, stay with us. The disappointment last week was was a deep disappointment. The disappointment this week is even deeper. Because how could the Saints come out the way they did after the fans were so vocal last week after the loss to Atlanta? I don't understand it. But they came back. We had a shot, but where's the killer instinct? There's, there's a lot to talk about with the Saints. And um, also, Derek Carr alluded to it a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about it. And Jameis Winston talked about it in the postgame interview yesterday. It's about, it's almost like it comes down to God versus the fans. And I don't know if it's, it's, if it's fair to set it up that way. But their, their respect for God, which is, is great. I'm not questioning that at all. But it's almost like they're answering to God and, and, and not the fans. Anyway, we're going to talk more about that in, in, uh, in just a few minutes. And, and uh, Bobby Hebert, uh said something last night that I've kind of alluded to on, on the show for, for a while now. And that it's, a, it's just about doing enough to get you in the stands. And that's sad to me. Man, I want a team that, I, I mean, I, I want to go with the idea that we really have a chance to get to the playoffs. Really. And we were told that at the beginning of the season. Was that to get us in the stands? I mean, we're not out of it yet. Anyway, we'll get back to your calls and more of your text uh, coming up. Saturday night, um, I, went to, um, I went to this club in the quarter. And guess who I met? I met Jennifer Flowers. I told you that I saw a package in the mailroom of my, my, my apartment building at West End that said uh, Jennifer Flowers, spelled with a, a G, not a J. Jennifer Flowers is one of the ones that um, was, was intimate with Bill Clinton. She even did a spread in, in, uh, in Penthouse. She was on, her, her picture was on the cover of Penthouse. She did a spread in, in Penthouse. Anyway, she's got a club in the quarter, the Kelso Club, Jennifer Flowers Kelso Club, and it's right across the street from Antoine's, and she does... Um, she does a show. I mean, not a strip show or anything like that, but she, she, she sings. And she, uh, she kind of tells jokes, and the jokes lead into a song. And it was really, it was just such a quaint club. The, the ambiance of, of Jennifer uh, Flowers' club is, um, I don't know, maybe like Storyville, New Orleans. It just had that, that feel to it, very warm and, 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 and sensuous. And look, you know, I think she looks great. So I met her for the first time, and um, she said, I have been wanting to meet you because I listen to your show every day. And so that was just a tremendous, um, tremendous compliment. Um, I sent Ian a couple of pictures. I, I sent a picture of you. This is, th- these two pictures that I just sent you are in the men's room, and it's a, it's a, it's a framed picture of Jennifer Flowers on the cover of Penthouse uh-huh. when she was in Penthouse. Mm-hmm. And then the other picture is one of the pictures from her spread in, mm-hmm. in Penthouse. Mm-hmm. That was one of 
many that she 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 did. Yeah, I'm uh I'm looking at her right now. Yeah, wow. Thank you for delightful, sharing this. Delightful yeah. woman, and she yeah. listens to our show every day. Looking good, Jen. Yeah, she even said, I, I, I can't believe I'm meeting you. Well, I, I had fun meeting her. Here's what she would like to do. She would like to do a, a, a show with us, um, like a, a live video show from her club where she talks about everything. She talks about everything. She talks about everything. And she talks about Bill Clinton. And she talks about how that really did rob her of her life in many ways. Oh. Of course, in some ways, she, she, she benefited. Sure. Well, but, both things um, are possible. Yeah, I think she would. Uh, I, I think she uh, has an interesting story, and she's an interesting, interesting person. So I, we're going to try and work that out. Great. And we'll just do something like, like one night we'll go there. We'll just do a live video show. Uh, I guess uh, scoot on the your Facebook or Instagram, and we'll just do a live show with with Jennifer Flowers. Are there more photos like this? No, one? No, they're not. Co- I mean, what you could go back and look look it up. You trying to sell me on going to the no, club and doing the show, and you tell me well, I don't get to see more of these photos? It, it's not about. It's not about nudity anymore. It's about, you know, just that she does this, um, no, this, this I, singing act. You're talking to a, a <laughs> theater major. I think I know the difference between, you know, these two things. Yes. But, you know, if the decor in the club includes yes. more photos from her, you know, penthouse spread in, what was that, 1992. Um, yeah, you know, that I was w- the year of the election. I would look at those. Yeah, that was just election saying. year. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I don't. You know, they're maybe they're in the back room, but they're they're not up. They're not up. So, some of those. Well, some of those pictures would not maybe be appropriate for you know to be on the walls of a of, of a club. I guess not. Because it was penthouse, not Probably, Playboy. Right. Yeah. That's a yeah. that's a different order. Okay. Different anyway, order I th- I think she is an absolutely stunning woman, and and it was just really uh, enjoyable to uh, to meet her. Neat. All right. There's something that has happened um, recently that uh, I I just I found out about it over the weekend, and DJ uh, Shane Love is uh, joining us on WWL, and DJ Shane Love has been talking about this on on social media. And paying tribute to this this person, um, for many many years, uh, there was a place on Metairie Road, Night Studios, and it was a recording studio on on Metairie Road, very close to Causeway. And Tracy Borges was the the owner and the the main guy at Night Studios. And Tracy has passed away, and uh, Shane just wanted to take a moment to to remember him and to talk about some of the things that he did. So. In, in passing, he isn't uh, he isn't forgotten. Shane, I'm, I'm I'm glad you're with us this afternoon. Thank you for having me, Scoot. Uh, it's something that's very important to me. I'm a big proponent of New Orleans music, the unsung heroes of New Orleans music. I think if there was a definition of unsung hero of New Orleans music, uh, one of those would have to be Tracy Borges. Yeah, I've been in that studio a couple of times, and it was a really nice uh, studio. My brother Miles worked there briefly for a, a brief period of time. But um, uh, t- talk about some of the things that uh, that Tracy did uh, contributing to, to New Orleans music. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, Tracy was into R&B and soul music and uh, and the emerging funk sound, which was born in New Orleans, but finally kind of picked up steam when uh, uh, James Brown picked up on it. And then you got guys like Alan Toussaint and Wardell Kazeer, Senator Jones, and Eddie Bowe. Eddie Bowe's the key here because Eddie Bowe was the one that was uh, – recording at night studios and there's just a certain quality that that um tracy uh had in regarding to his his records i was looking through a lot of my notes over the years and he used the term meaty which i just i think tends to mean that there was just more heaviness to the sound that you could really feel if you had a nice sound system that was something tracy really 
uh, prided himself on was just putting a really good sound. And this is just other people's music. He, of course, wrote and sang uh, a lot of his own stuff. But, yeah, Night Studios, 1969 is when it started. Uh, he had a state-of-the-art board. Um, he got uh, a lot of a lot of guy, a lot of uh, famous guys and, and all of his peers caught uh, uh, caught the attention of all of them. He had Jerry Wexler call him the guy who coined the term R and B rhythm and blues. Um, it's just one of those unsung heroes, and yeah. I think a lot of us have heard the name over the years as we've gotten older. A lot of us, have, you know, the, the music, musicians that he played with uh, and, and and recorded. Uh, for example, I'll just name drop a few: Sammy Davis Jr., Pete Fountain, Al Hurt, Doug Kershaw, Gene Knight, The Cold, Walter Orange of the Commodores, uh, and then some of the lesser-known ones like Eric Dunbar, a great funk artist from New Orleans, Lionel Robinson, another one of those forgotten great funk and soul artists, Eddie Bowe, of course. Uh, you know, he helped he helped put Eddie and Eddie's turn towards funk on the map and that really helped uh other other funk artists and and uh you know you, you got all these samples i was telling uh it turns out i was friends with with uh with with, with uh, jason i'm sorry jason is is this is uh tracy's son I, I i didn't know that i didn't put two and two together but uh you know i was telling jason the other night it's just what uh, it's hard to put into words what Tracy did and accomplished for the music of New Orleans. It's best listened to and to hear for yourself the quality, the precision of the music. It's really all there. And Tracy went on to do this his entire career at Night Studios. That, like you said, you've been there. It's very unassuming. Yeah. Metairie Road, tiny little place, but a big old sound that came out of it. It was a it was a really nice studio. I was impressed when I you know you walk in the door and the the facade is just a you know it's like a it's like a, a shotgun gun house from the outside. That's, that's what I remember. And uh, you go in, this, in the, it's like two shotguns put together. And you go inside and there's a huge studio in there. What was the what was the I'm drawing a blank here. What was the biggest hit by the Cold? Biggest hit was a song called You. You that that's was it. A, such a great song and and that quality that that Tracy had uh, established coming out of night studios with that, with that just really good kind of low end that really pops out, but doesn't overwhelm yeah. uh, that, that that's really evident on, on, on that track. A lot of those uh, new wave bands that were coming out didn't have that low end punch. And uh, man, that just, to me, that's always stuck in, out in, in, in my head as I listen to these records. Well, Shane, I really appreciate you uh, calling in. I'm, I'm glad you did it on your social media, but I'm glad on a bigger stage you, you called in because this news is is going to touch a, a lot of people who who did have contact with the Tracy Borges over the years, and and um, it's, it's sad to hear that he he passed away, but um, I, I I appreciate you paying tribute to him and reminding us of some of the things that he 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 accomplished here as part of the New Orleans music scene. That's right, and and once again, his legacy. I'm letting his his wife and his widow and his 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 family know that his legacy is so intact with those that. Uh, that kind of music matter, matters too. You know, it, it's definitely, definitely something that will uh, be remembered and cherished for a long time. All right, Shane, thank you very much. Thank you, Scoot. All Appreciate right, that's it. The, uh, amazing DJ Shane Love talking about uh, the passing of Tracy Borges. 
So um, the cold was recorded there, and this was their this was their big hit, you. And I mean, this was a this was like a, a like an early maybe early eighties kind of a. I mean, they were kind of punk, and they were from New Orleans. Vance DeGeneres was was in the band, and that's uh, Ellen's brother. And you know, this is not the best recording, so don't judge you by the recording. But we just wanted you to hear their uh, hear their song. You by the cold. I know this brings back memories for for many of you. I'm Scoot on the air, and we'll be back on WWL. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. There have been some recent references to um, Saints players and, and, and God, and it is associated with the disappointing season the Saints are having. And Derek Carr mentioned, um, I don't know, a month or so ago that um, he doesn't answer to the fans. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember his exact words, but he says he answers to God. And I understand that, but, you know, you can, you can, be, you can be beholden to both. You're not beholden to the fans the way you're beholden to God. If you believe in God, it's different, but you can be beholden to both. And it's like, I don't, I don't think you should just block out the fans and just say, well, I'm just beholden to God. And, and, uh, of course, um, uh, Demario Davis has talked about that a lot. Very, very, uh, uh, religious person. And Jameis Winston talked a little bit about this after the game yesterday. Here's that part of the, uh, the, the post-game press conference. Yeah. Any, any, any teammate that I have, I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to speak life into them despite what anyone can say. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we all out here, we're doing this for, for the glory of God. We're, gonna, we're doing this to glorify the Lord. We're not doing this for no man. We're not doing this for no woman. Like, it's not, it's not, for, it's not for that. Like, as a team, like, the Saints are offense, defense, special teams, and our fans. Like, we are a team. Like, our fans are a part of our team. Like, we know, I, I mean, I've, I've been on the opposite side and seen how this place was rocking and how that affected, you know, the, the other team. Like, but we all are one. So if you are part of the Saints, I'm going to speak life into you. I'm going to lift you up, whether that's Derek, whether that's, uh, you know, a specialist. It, it doesn't matter who it is. We are together, and we got to stay together. We got to stick together. We got to dig down and just keep believing and have faith. You know, I think that's great. And, and I, you know, I, I love that he, he recognizes the, the fans. And, and earlier in a, a, a cut from the uh, post-game press conference, he he was talking about how, um, it, you know, they entertain us. They're, 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 they're there for us, and, and they get energy from us. But they have to give us a reason to have the energy. And I will tell you, I was in the Dome yesterday, and right before kickoff, when they played the Saints, uh, the Saints are coming. Right before kickoff, that Dome was as loud as it gets. It was loud. The fans were into it. You would have thought we were playing a championship game and we had a winning record. So the fans were there. And within seven minutes, the Saints were behind 21-0. I'm fine with this praising God stuff. That's fine. But it's not God versus the fans. And I don't think you, you know, you, you, you pray uh, you, you pray that, um, oh, dear God, please um, help us win this game today. Because, you know, you think that the, you know, the lines are, are, some of the lines are Christians too. 
In fact, I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere about the Christians and, and the line, Christians being thrown to the lines. Well, the saints were being thrown to the lines yesterday, and and I just I don't I don't I don't know. It just it sounds like there's this subliminal suggestion that hey, none of this is important. We answer to God, and I understand that. And in 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 life, yeah, I mean that's true. It's just a game. I get that, but I don't think there's anything wrong with using your God-given talent. If God gave you talent, you use that talent and you use it to your best, the best of your ability. And it doesn't seem like that has been happening with, with, the, with the saints. If you want to join us for the comment, the Oakland Art Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. Monday afternoon, I'm Scoot. I remind you, look, it's Monday. Saints lost. Don't get down. Do the best you can to enjoy this day and big Monday night football game uh, tonight. Uh, let's go to Marrero. David, welcome to our show. Hello, David. Hey, Scoot, how you doing? I'm good. Scoot, I, 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 I've been watching something since the beginning of the year. You you hit on this a little bit yesterday. And, you know, with the emotion of the Saints and all, I, I think that starts, okay, with the defense that was supposed to be so good. And you got this honey badger back there, number 32. I don't know if you remember, but years ago we had a Saints player. He was a backup quarterback by the name of Bobby Scott. Yeah, I'm you know he, he 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 used he used to hold the clipboard on, on the sideline, and I don't think for two or three years he even had to wash his uniform because <laughs> he never he he never did play, he never did hit anybody, and that's what that's what the honey badger reminds me. About. Can you remember? Look, he's got three interceptions so far this year, so everybody thinks that's great. No, it's not. One was tip ball that he got. Another one was thrown right to him, and then he had one good one where he actually took the ball away in the last game. That's out of all the other games. Yeah, you at the game. How many times do you see him in on a play? I I, I see him near plays. I see him near plays, and he he's not he's not there to finish the play. If if there's still life left in the runner, he's not jumping in there to tackle. He's 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 standing he he's standing there. I mean, I'm exactly. sorry, but that, and, and look, he may be doing things uh, other times. I don't watch him all the time, but there have been times mm-hmm. that I've been I've been watching him, and I, I just noticed that he's he he doesn't want to hit anybody. And I know that's it's exactly tough out there, right. but if that's what we're paying you to do, you you, you got to hit well, people. That's, that's exactly right. But if you also notice, he got he waits for any any time he's gonna even come close to a tackle, he's got to wait for the guy to come to him instead of going to the guy who's ten yards up the field. He sits back there and he waits. It waits. It, it's just disgusting. Now, our, our defensive uh, coordinator, that's uh, Allen, is our, our coach. He's, how can he not see this? How can the other players on the team not see this? He's not involved with this game. Uh, you're supposed to have safeties that really crack somebody. Yeah. When this whole year have you seen him really crack somebody? No, I, 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 don't, I don't remember. David, I understand your I understand your frustration, and you know as much as I love the guy, um, Cam Jordan has been very inefficient so far this year. I mean, I love the guy, but you know where are the sacks. You know, we just gave him this huge big uh, big contract, and you know there are people who are not living up to uh, what they're what they're paid to do. Uh, let's go to uh, Coach Norman. Coach Norman, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Scoop? I'm good. Where where are you, a Coach Norman? Uh, Oakdale and Gretna on the West Bank. Okay. Uh, Little League, at least. Okay. Sorry. Um, um, as far as, as far as the team itself, man, what I see, they have division. 
they got locker room cancer, man. Let's just keep it real. They have locker room cancer, and it starts from the head. Dennis Allen, I liked him when he was a defensive coordinator, but since he's been head coach, that aggressiveness as a coach is not there at all. So, of course, you got a team that, 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 that that's, that's really trying to, to, to find themselves beginning the season, but if, if the, the head coach is not displaying the fact that we need to go out there and it just punch him in the mouth from the start. The whole if the team don't don't grasp what the coach has to say or what he's trying to implement on the field, they gonna just do anything. I can see that the team is split. Well, coach, if he and is, if if Dennis Allen is anything like he is after games, if he's anything like that in the locker room, I, I understand why Alvin Kamara says we don't know who we are. Well, hey, I commend him on that because it's true. You you have you you're supposed to have that that mentality as a head coach to really put fire in the team before the game, during practices, after the game, whatever. I don't see none of that out of him on the sideline at all. Now, when he was a defensive coordinator, oh, he was he was he was he was a hundred. But as since he's been head coach, I just don't see where. He he's breathing any life in a team for them to go out there and just go out there and just keep butt. It's, it's just not there. Well, I don't I don't see it either. I don't. You can look. Go ahead. You can look at some of the players. I don't mean to cut you off. You can look at some of the players. You can look at these guys' faces. And I deal with it with the little league man. I mean, if you have one or two folk on the team, and they they they're saying negative stuff, and I've, I've been looking at this this stuff on uh, on social media and everything, and I'm like, what? I mean, it, it, it's it's a slick bashing. You know, on the media, you know, and you're on the team. So, of course, it's going to go right into the locker room. So, you got players that, you know, hey, I'm getting a check. It don't matter. They're out there. Then you got those that's really trying. They're out there really trying to make the game for the fans and, and, and please the city of New Orleans. But Dennis Allen has, has, has to start for himself to really grab the team, breathe life into them. And just like um, uh, James Winston said, you know, and I commend him for it. He's, you know, they're supposed to be playing for the fans, playing for the city, this, that, and other. All right, Coach. Listen, I, I appreciate your insight, and uh, good luck with your uh, good, good luck with your season if it's uh, still going on. And I, I do appreciate uh, the phone call. Right, if you're on hold, stay with us. More of your calls, more of your text messages are coming up. Uh, really, uh, nobody has uh, said much about. I don't. I'll get Ian to check on the text, but nobody said much about any controversy concerning the uh, final four teams in the um, in the college football playoffs. Michigan, Alabama. So aren't, you, aren't you glad Alabama beat Georgia? Oh, my God. It was so nice to see Georgia finally lose a game. And I'm not an Alabama fan. Michigan beat Alabama. I'm sorry. Michigan plays Alabama in the Rose Bowl. That'll be a hell of a game. Michigan. Michigan just looks like they're unstoppable. I mean, they look like the best team in the country. And I hate them. But they look like the best team in the country. And then Washington the Huskies and the Texas Longhorns in the Sugar Bowl. That's going to be an incredible Sugar Bowl. But undefeated Florida State left out. They're not happy in Tallahassee. If you got a comment, the Oakland Jewelers talking text line is 504-260-1870. The band Kiss performed their final concert ever, but they plan to continue digital avatars instead. 
Kiss did their last show at New York's Madison Square Garden on Saturday. During the encore, they introduced the next version of Kiss, digital avatars of the current lineup that performed God Gave Rock and Roll to You 2. The avatars were created by the same technology as the recent ABBA Voyage show in London. Kiss singer Paul Stanley says the band deserves to live on because it's bigger than them. Bassist Gene Simmons says that technology means Stanley can jump higher than he ever has before. <laughs> And the band members can be forever young. I'm Margie Zaroleta. Yeah, look, they've been doing it for a long, long time. All right, but uh, glad to know that they're going to try and keep the band, uh, keep the band alive. All right, um, coming up this hour, John Lennon's final words. Um, a witness who was was there speaking out. It's the, the concierge of the uh, the apartment building where John Lennon was living, the Dakota in New York. He's talking about John Lennon's final words. They weren't philosophical. They were the final words of what you might expect to be the final words of a guy who's dying. We've got that for you coming up. I'm Scoot on WWL. Taylor Swift was uh, in a red sweater, big wet red sweater last night. It was cold AF in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. She was at the game last night, the Packers and the Chiefs. They're supporting her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. She looked very upset when there was blood on his arm. He was bleeding, and she looked um, concerned. But it's interesting because the Olympic gold medalist, Simone Biles, her husband, she was on the sidelines of the Packers. Her husband is Green Bay defensive back Jonathan Owens. And so there were a couple of signs in the crowd. One said, number 10 is writing his own love story. The other one said, we want to see Simone. So they were, you know, but anyway, she was on. I mean, I, I, I saw her wearing a... Uh, looked like a, it looked like a typical um, high school football jacket, you know, with the, the number on it and everything. Um, but it's Green Bay Packers um, sweatshirt. Anyway, a sweater, a, a jacket. She was there. Uh, she was there last night. You know, it's been another tough day talking about the uh, the Saints. Uh, Bobby Abe or Mike Dettelier will be um, second guessing. It's a lot to second guess. They'll be live from the Silver Slipper Casino. That is a wonderful place. Live from Hancock County, the beaches of Mississippi. And uh, they'll, um, they'll be there uh, at 4 o'clock, coming up very, very shortly. So we've been talking about this all day. And, you know, once again, another really disappointing uh, loss. And, you know, when, when a team doesn't come out prepared to play, you have a legitimate right as a fan to ask questions. You have a right to ask all the questions you want to ask. Uh, so LSU, ranked number 13th, is headed for uh, Tampa Bay. And they're going to play the Wisconsin Badgers in the ReliaQuest Bowl, New Year's Day, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, and kickoff is at 11 a.m., and Tulane's going to the Military Bowl to take on Virginia Tech. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, Willie Fritz leaving Tulane. Tulane lost their game to SMU. They also lost their coach to Houston. Um, I don't blame him for leaving, but it just goes to show you that contracts are meaningless, and it's all about the money. Let's go to Irvin and Hammond. Irvin, you're now on WWL. Hey, Scoot, uh, it would take an act of God to change the pro sports business model. But if we could move away from huge signing bonuses and guarantee upfront money, then if that would happen, then Hill and Kamara would be your two highest skill players on offense. But who are they? Thomas and Carr. So I'm just wondering, and there's a certain player on the Pelicans I could mention, but if that player and Thomas, if half of their salary was dedicated solely on performance, they would still be multimillionaires. But I just wonder how much more they would play. 
I'll give it to you. You know, I think that's it's it's a question that fans have. It's a legitimate question. It is a fair question. And if you don't want these questions, you do not have to be in sports. Being in the NFL or the NBA is a choice. And part of what goes along that is praise and criticism from fans. And when I just I, when I, I, I think about how how loud the dome was right before the opening kickoff, how much the fans were into that game, and how the Saints were not prepared to play. How do you not ask that question? Why were they not ready? What is it about the what is it about the dynamics and psyche of this team that made them so unprepared in the beginning of the game to like go after the lines? Let's go to Derek in the Irish Channel. Hey, Derek. Hey, school. Welcome, um, welcome back. Thank you. Oh, the, um, my thing is um, the Saints made a big, huge mistake. They hired Dennis Allen from the Oakland Raiders. We only won eight out of twenty-eight games. That is a twenty-two. That's a twenty-two percent win percentage. Since he's been with the Saints for two years, they won twelve. They won twelve and lost sixteen. A coach. Who coached in the league? This is uh, one, two, three, five, four years and four games. The guy won 20 and lost 44. I don't advocate for nobody to lose the job. Those players are not playing for Dennis Allen. If they no, don't no. make a coaching decision by the end of the year or at either during the season, if they lose another game, they're going to have to get rid of him in the season. But if not, he, they have to make a change until next year for a new coach because it's absolutely – Terrible was going on. They made a mistake. They signed Derek Carr, who Dennis Allen drafted. And while he was the, the quarterback of the Raiders, they only won three games with him as the quarterback when Dennis Allen drafted him. This is this is ridiculous that somebody made a big mistake by just handing the keys to Dennis Allen after Sean Payton left. Yeah, I listen, I, I bought into it, Derek. I bought it at the beginning of the season. I said, you know, look, this is a good Saints team. But I did warn, I did warn, uh, you know, look, um, it, just because it's a good team doesn't mean we're going to the playoffs. And, and, and everybody was talking about the easy schedule. And I said, just, you, you never know who's going to be a better team than, than they were last year. So you can't depend on an easy schedule. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, the, the, the Houston Texans are just doing the absolute opposite of what the Saints are doing, and the Houston Texans are winning. And there just seems yeah. to be complacency here from, the, from ownership to, to management to coaching to the players. There just seems to be too much complacency, and I don't understand it. And, you know, um, but I want to I be correct with this, though. Um, they didn't hire Dennis Allen from the the Raiders, Dennis Allen was the defensive coordinator of the Saints, and he, yeah. would, he was yeah, he was the, he was the coordinator. he was the safe move. He was the safe I'm move. Saying. He was what yeah, they, I mean, he's what yeah, they needed you, to do you, to to get fans when, in the stands. Yeah, when you go with that, but but the thing is though, um, I, I I believe that it's 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 more than than just Dennis Allen, like. I, I can see. I, like, agree. I heard the guy say Michael Thomas is one of the high-paid Saints. He's not. He signed a one-year deal making $7 million this season. He renegotiated because his contract was up because they were going to get rid of him. The thing is, though, we as fans, 
we got to hold them accountable. Like it's it's like you said, uh, if they don't want to be in the NFL, they shouldn't go. Those guys are was walking right. lottery tickets. They it's yep. you, you have to be really lucky to make it to a professional league because everybody don't get there because no, they right. want to choose. Because if I was to choose to go to the NFL, I would be out there missing tackles like the honey badger myself. Yeah. Well, Derek, I'm glad you called. Look, these are legitimate questions that Saints fans have. These are legitimate questions based on performance. I um, just posted the picture of uh, I met Jennifer Flowers. You know, remember she was with Bill Clinton. I um, met Jennifer Flowers um, at her nightclub in the quarter, and I posted a picture um, of us uh, from her club. It's on uh, Scoot on the Air Facebook and Scoot on the Air Instagram. We'll be back on WWL. The second guest show with Bobby Abair, Mike Detillier, live from the beautiful Silver Slipper Casino on the beaches in Hancock County is coming up next. Wow, there'll be a lot to talk about. And you can um, share your opinions as well. Here's the bottom line. The Saints don't have a killer instinct. And this is not something that's new. That needs to change. I want to thank our program director and brand manager, Diane Newman, market manager, Kevin Cassidy, assistant program director and brand manager, senior producer of Scoot on the Air, Ian Hook, news anchor, Chris Miller, traffic with Dave Brandon. And as always, I thank you for being part of the show. I hope you join me on Scoot on the Air, Instagram and Facebook. I'm Scoot. Love you, New Orleans. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.